speaking to you today on what I have called spiritual integrity. I'm a very interactive preacher, so please bear with me. Look at your neighbor to your left or to your right and say to them, spiritual integrity. Oh, come on, these are people you have coffee with, so you should be bold and have some conviction as you say to them. Look at them in the eye and say, spiritual integrity. Thank you. Now I know you are not shy. That's good, because I'm not shy either. Now there are three main areas that Paul addresses with this passage we heard from Rob. The three areas that Paul tries to address with this letter to them uh, he asks that the Philippians will live a life that is worthy of the gospel. Now look at your neighbor and say, are you living a life worthy of the gospel? Oh, come on, say it with some conviction. Look at them in the eye and tell them. Now the second thing that Paul was very keen through this passage to bring to them or make them understand was he wanted them to be united. And be of one mind. Now you're going to ask them again. Because these are people you drink coffee with. And some of them you've already been to their houses. To ask them. Are we united in one mind in this house of God? Praise God. We're getting somewhere. The last thing he wanted to really convey. Or communicate to them. Was that he wanted them to be humble. As Christ was humble. Now you're going to say this to them as well. Or you can turn around to the person behind you and say, are we really humble as Christ was? <laughs> now I'm hoping that these three things that you have said to your friend, to your left or to your right or behind you, they remember these three things, which is Paul saying to them that he wanted them to live a life worthy of the gospel. He wanted them to be united and be of one mind. And he also wanted them to be humble as Christ was. Or captures the first point very well by using the term or a language uh, of asking the Philippians to be citizens of heaven. Or citizens of the kingdom. Citizen. Who is a citizen? Now we know that this uh, Philippian congregation as they were, they were ever so proud of being citizens of Rome. You know, as, 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 as Philippi was a colony. So Paul, through wisdom, urges them to aspire to live as Christian citizens and should let their lives and conduct be worthy as such. If the people at the back will bear with me and just put up uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 on the screen, it will capture this point for us very well and then I can go on. Um, can you just project that for us? Just the, yes, the verse, verse 27. Now look at it. It says there, only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or I'm absent... And hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind of the faith. Now in the New King James Version, it brings this out properly. Because in the New King James Version, it says, be. And that word there, be, that he speaks about is the word in the Greek, which is, if I can pronounce it properly, says, polythiomai, to behave as a citizen. 
I remember a long time ago when I was going to secondary school and my father said to me, remember who you are because I bear the name of the Forsen family. But then my dad was trying to say to me, as you go, I am not there with you in secondary school, but remember who you are. The same thing I say to my daughter every time she starts a new school or is going to a new school. And I say to my son, I try and say to them, remember who you are. So now here Paul is saying to them, remember who you are. You are not only a citizen of Rome, which was a proud thing to behold, but remember that you are also a citizen of the kingdom of what? God. A long time ago, when I became a British citizen, I remember going into the embassy in Dusseldorf or the consulate. Before I swore in, the gentleman that made me swear my oath of allegiance and everything and gave me that piece of paper that shows that I'm a British citizen, before he did all that, these were his words to me. Remember that what we're giving you today, we can take away if you misbehave. I never thought about that. But that was him sounding a note of caution. That if I ever forget that I wasn't born in the nation by which now I am becoming a citizen of, if I do anything contrary to what it is expected of a citizen of that nation, that piece of paper, an oath of allegiance, and everything that now I have been given can be withdrawn. Thank God that when we become citizens of the kingdom of God, by God's grace, that paper is not withdrawn. That our citizenship, which is now because of Christ Jesus, is not withdrawn. It is in being a citizen of the kingdom that we uphold our spiritual integrity. Paul likes this theme a lot. This is a theme that Paul alludes to in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. It is also a theme that we read further in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13, and Jude 3. Paul likes this theme of allowing the people of God to understand who they have become in Christ Jesus. So, once you were this, now you are this. Thank God. For his goodness, I have two citizenships. I am a citizen of the Republic of Ghana. I am also a citizen of the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland. But I'm also, by God's grace, just like you here, also a citizen of the Kingdom of Heaven. If you ask me which citizenship that I really would love to wave around a lot, I'll say to you, is the citizen of the Kingdom of what? Heaven. Because in that kingdom and being part of that citizen, or that, that being a citizen of that kingdom, you have become my brother. You have become my sister. I have got more family now in Christ Jesus than I have or I can ever have being a citizen of the United Kingdom or a citizen of the Republic of God. Thank God that because of the cross of Jesus Christ, by the mercies and the goodness of God and His sacrifice on the cross, the citizenship that you and I are a part of is one where, like I said, is based on love. 
citizens of the kingdom of God, how we conduct ourselves matter. How we behave matter. That is why the man that swore me in to become a British citizen was bold enough to say to me, I'm saying this to you now, if you misbehave, we will take away our citizenship. Now it leads me to my points for this morning. How do citizens of the kingdom behave? Look at your neighbor again and become, be bold and, uh, you know, with some conviction. Ask them, how do citizens behave? Well, maybe if we can understand how citizens behave, then we will be able to understand what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that will help us uphold our spiritual integrity. Praise God. So who knows what are the demands or the rules or regulations of a citizen of the United Kingdom? Anybody bold enough to say any one of them? Well, I can tell you one. Because I have sworn oath of allegiance to the Queen, and by God's grace, I have sworn one as well to the King. And it means, or when I swore one of those other, it's like he says that his enemies now become my enemies. And I am willing to defend. And fight for what this now united kingdom by which I serve. One of the key responsibilities of a citizen is what? Service. I was hoping you would say that. Service. If you do not want to serve the kingdom you belong to, then you are no fit for what? That kingdom. We serve and we try and make the kingdom what? Better. But Paul would take their thoughts somewhere else because he needed them to understand what it meant to be a citizen. We all have our earthly nature. But when we become born again, we ought to know about or being or how to be spirit-filled and have that heavenly nature which should overshadow our old self and allow the new which is born of God's spirit to be evident. We are now citizens of the kingdom of God. Time would not permit me. I would have loved to sing to you as you know I love singing. You know this song maybe. We are heirs of the Father. We are joined heirs with the Son. We are children of the kingdom. We are family. We are one. We are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. We are children. Of the kingdom, we are family, we are one. You are citizens not only of the United Kingdom. Maybe you were jealous in me and saying, how is he a citizen of two nations? You are a citizen of two nations too. But the other nation that you and I belong to is not a nation or a place where we can tangibly feel it. 
You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And just like the British can go anywhere, chest out and bold and confident, as a child of God and as a citizen of the living God and a citizen of the kingdom of God, young men, young women, you need to walk into any place with your chest out. Not being proud or arrogant, but knowing the kingdom of which you belong and you are a citizen of. That is why when there is chaos in any nation, what the United Kingdom can do is it can send ships and it can send planes to be able to evacuate its citizens from that nation. These are privileges you get when you belong to a nation here on earth. How much more our God being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Come back to that. This is why Paul in that passage says to them that do not be afraid of suffering. Do not be afraid of chaos. Do not be afraid of struggles because you are now a citizen of the kingdom of God. Our God is more than able. He's more than capable that no matter what you're going through or the circumstances that you go through, just like the United Kingdom when there is an earthquake somewhere or there is flood somewhere and send its military and pull out its citizens. Same way God is able to even come to your rescue and come to your aid. And he says to them, whether you suffer or you struggle, know that because you are a citizen of what? The kingdom of God. I'm getting excited now. Somebody say preach. Oh Lord. Because you are a citizen of that kingdom, God is able to just place his hands on you any day, any time, morning, afternoon, or evening. Whether in January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, our God is able because you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And you are a child of God that God comes to your rescue any day, any time. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. It says we are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. We are Children of the living God. We are family and we are one. Verse 27 captures it for us. Where he says, As a citizen, conduct yourself in a certain manner. Conduct yourself. He just doesn't put it there, but he says, Worthy of what? The gospel. This is where I want us to think more about. What does that mean? That is where spiritual integrity comes in. Conduct yourselves worthy of what? The gospel. Be a citizen. Polythumai is the Greek word. Be a citizen. So you understand that as a citizen, there will be challenges. You understand that as a citizen, there will be problems. You understand as a citizen things, is that me or someone else? Though you go through struggles and challenges, God is with you. Spiritual integrity or the word integrity itself has fallen to many Problems in our world today. 
Today we know that there is no integrity in our world. But as there is no integrity in our world, does not mean that we that are citizens of the kingdom of God, we also have to kowtow to the lack of integrity in our world. The church was designed to be the pillar and the place of truth, representing God's revealed truth. 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 highlights this for us. So our spiritual integrity, upholding who we are in Christ Jesus, and being very firm, knowing who we are, is how we uphold our spiritual integrity as citizens of the kingdom of God. Citizens of the gospel, we have a duty to fulfill all that citizens do. And as you understand, one of the keys or functions or responsibilities of a citizen is to serve the nation or the kingdom of which they are a citizen. When you are a member of this local church, in a way, you have become a citizen of this local church. You ought to serve the local church. Serve the community. Don't be a citizen that is always taken away. If you remember one of the famous speeches ever given by a president during his inaugural address, which was the late JFK, he asked the American people, be a citizen. Do not ask what your nation might do for you, but ask what you might do for your nation. This morning, this is my challenge to you. Do not only ask what this kingdom of God, of which you are a citizen, can do for you. But trust God through the Holy Spirit and ask what I may do for the kingdom of God. Amesbury Baptist Church, praise God, is part of or a branch or an arm of this kingdom of God. Here on earth, doing the things empowered by God's Spirit to do. So what you ought to ask is maybe come to Barry and come to the leadership as a citizen or a member of this church and say to them, how may I serve this local church? Because by serving this local church, by being part of this community and giving towards seeing this community enriched with the things of God or the kingdom of God, you are in a way being a citizen of the kingdom of God. Paul reminds them of how to be a citizen. These are the things he captures. He tells them not to be fearful. He asks them to embrace suffering and struggles, which is part of their faith. Now I'm going to go stay here a little bit, and then hopefully I won't be long and we're gone. Embracing suffering and struggles is what our world is lacking now. During COVID, one thing that resonated with a lot of us is we found out that my generation were not as tall as the generation of our grandmothers and our mothers. I was pastor of a church then and there was an older or elderly lady there. He said, Joseph, I hear everybody saying that this will pass away in a year or two. And this was a woman who had come through the wall and had seen it. And he said, Joseph, this is not going away very soon. 
This can stay with us for 10 years plus. This woman was 90 years old. Those that were 16, 17, 18, and 20 were already thinking about packing it in. But the resilience of our mother's generation and our father's generation blew the minds of many. Paul captures it in this passage and he tries to encourage them and he says, embrace your fears and your struggles because those that are persecuting you, they are not going to win at the end. God is going to win. Persecution, if you study the scriptures in the book of Acts, it is through persecution that the church grew. Somewhere, somehow, in our generation, when we are persecuted, we want to pray out of the persecution. Sometimes when we are suffering, we want to pray out of the suffering. When we are struggling, we want to pray out of it. But the words in Matthew teach us something different because he says to us, when you go through these tests and trials and storms, I will go through with you. He doesn't elevate us and put us at the other end. What God does, because he is God all by himself, is he goes through with us. So This morning you wake up and you're not feeling it. And you're thinking, I don't want to be here. And God is saying, no, no, no. I've put everything in you that makes sure that you'll be able to go through this. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Hallelujah. Embrace struggles and suffering. He asks them to be united. Above all, he says to them, emulate the chief citizen, Christ Jesus. Use his example. Use the example of Christ Jesus as a template, as a blueprint, as a citizen of the kingdom. He says to them that Jesus, he being in the form of God, did not think it what? Equal. To be like God. But he humbled himself. Through that, of the death on the cross, not have a selfish ambition, was not conceited. These are all things he highlights for us. He put others before himself. By doing all that, scripture says, God gave him a name above every other name. If time was going to permit me again, I would have sung you my other song. Let all the other names fade away until there's only you. Let all the other names fade away. Jesus, take your place. Let all the other names fade away, but not the name of Christ. Selflessness. Humility. Being united and being of one mind. As a local church. Emulating our chief citizen, Jesus Christ. This morning I have said many things. What stands out for you, my brother, my sister? What are you encouraged about? What is it that you want to see? And how do you want to live your life as a citizen of the kingdom of God? I'll finish with this. Citizens of the gospel, maybe we ought to teach our community, 
our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, our friends and loved ones, how they can also become citizens of the gospel. Going out there and preaching this lovely gospel. Taking the gospel. Invite them also be.